0: Wow, going. Looks like we are ready to go, brother. Looks like we are ready to go. So, good morning, good morning, good morning, world. We are on site, we are on location. I don't know what's scarier this morning my uh, computer issues, uh, being the New York Jets or a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, three days before November 3rd, in uh, the biggest election of our lives thus far, um, get out there, uh, shut your mouths. Uh, Stating y'all don't like either candidate and vote for somebody at least. Um, as my mom always said, uh, "Son, complaining ain't gonna change a thing. What are you gonna do to create that change?" Uh, so that's just some food for thought that I thought I'd pass along. And by the way, Jamar, I see that you got out there to cash your vote this week, and so it was great to see you got out there and did more than just talking. Um, yeah, Sorry. just curious, man. Like, was the was the line crowded? Like, was it like? you know, for me, like myself back on October 19th, when I voted, right. it was wrapped around the corner.
1: Uh, in a sense, cause, um, cause the way they did it, it, was like two different lines. I had to go to like the courthouse around here and we had to go mm-hmm. like loop around the corner. It took me about maybe 45 minutes to an hour, but luckily okay. when I got there, I was able to actually stand inside. When I left, like it was people waiting outside in the cold that night to, to right.
0: so, yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, man. Um, what can I say? I mean, you know, it was, uh, for my town, it was the courthouse as well. And yeah, that joint was wrapped around the corner, man. And so, um, but you, you you, stood in there. I would say for me, it's about 45 minutes to an hour. That sounds about right. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, we got a big election, everyone. So go out there and make your voices be heard. And so with that being said, introducing this morning, The guru, although, again, I'm not sure he will label himself as the guru for a record ninth week in a row. My brother, Mr. Jamar Goodman, man, what's going on? What's going on, man? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And for those who do not know me, I'm Mr. Brandon Price. And together we are the gurus. No, I'm joking. We're just a few brothers whom created the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, which can be found on YouTube. Spotify, uh, Facebook Live, of course, on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast page, or uh, one of our pages, uh, Brandon Price or Jamar Goodman. We are on Instagram Live, Apple Podcasts, um, and amongst other uh, podcast platforms. Um, And so we thank you all for tuning in. and We look forward to giving you all a great show on a special Halloween episode of the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. And with that being said, let's get right into it. So this morning, bro, we're not starting with no football. We're not starting with no basketball. We are starting with baseball. Yes, we're starting with baseball. It is October. And so the L.A. Dodgers are the 2020 World Series champs. Uh, Just your thoughts on this team, man. I mean, they,
1: they was labeled as the best team all year. And Matter of fact, even if it was a hundred and what sixty-two game season, sixty game season. I mean, they, they was the best team coming in, and mm-hmm. and funny thing is the best two teams uh, was in the World Series, and the best team got it done. So it was basically chalk, chalk right. got it done here. So I mean, the Dodgers have been loaded. They didn't really have any weaknesses. Um, uh,
0: Clayton Kershaw came to play. Um, Congrats to Clayton Kershaw, by the way, man. He finally got it done, man. Man, that He's, monkey off his back.
1: For real, I was like, I was Dave watching, Roberts
0: too, man. Man, like
1: they, they have, they, yeah, like you said, got the monkey off their back. Um, I was watching the uh, first take. I think was it last week or the week before, but uh, Max Kellerman was was I guess co- kind of comparing Clayton Kershaw to Peyton Manning in a sense,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: like greatest uh, regular season pitcher can get it done in the postseason <laughs> type thing. So, right. I mean, I could see that. I mean, if you compare compared to Peyton Manning, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't really feel like that's a knock.
0: No, nah. no,
1: nah, but, uh, but no, man, that great pick, by the way, they, they got it done. Your boy, Mookie Betts, balling, happy for him as well. So yeah, they, they got it done. LA
0: doing the big this year. Right. And so with that being said, you mentioned Mookie Betts. And so it's like this verse remake uh, or still make Mike Trout the best player in baseball. Or is it somehow else now, like somebody like a Mookie Betts or his teammate Cody Bellinger or like a Yelich up in Milwaukee? Like I just wanted to, um, you know, kind of just point that out, because a lot of people just always seem to ride that bandwagon for Mike Trout. Um, but for me, man, um, he hasn't won anything, and so it's like this off season, like this result. Now, does this finally put him off the throne, or is he still the best player in baseball?
1: I mean, it's been so long since I've seen the Angels in the playoffs. So man, tell me I mean, about it. I mean, at this point, it's like you can be like, I feel like with Trout, he's a sensational talent, like generational type player, but it's like, what's the point of having all this? And if you can't like, you know, produce with it's like empty calories. It's like watching Mm -hmm. Kevin Love and and with the Timberwolves. Like so like at the end of the day, you I mean you're getting paid all this money to I know to bring your fans but you're also getting paid to win. Like you're not Mm -hmm. winning. Mookie Betts is winning. Bellan is winning. Like these guys that are sensational are winning. So I mean you gotta give flowers to the guys that's you know getting it done
0: right I mean even Yelich, he's been to the what championship series and so like I mean this guy Mike Trout uh has been first round exits every year um his his deepest playoff run was I think when he was in his second or third year or something like that and so um <clears throat> yeah for me uh world it's time for the world to crown yes a black man um, and that's the problem with these white folks in baseball—they don't want to crown a black man as the best player in baseball. But it's—it's—it's been—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's the evidence is out there. Um, this man is the most, by far, Jamar, the most effective player in baseball. Wherever he goes, he wins. It reminds me of a song with uh, T-Pain and Ludacris. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> like that's exactly what Mookie Betts is. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. And for me, that literally puts Mookie Betts for me going into the twenty twenty one season as the best player in baseball. Um, behind him will be an honorable second mention of Cody Bellinger. Mike Trout got to get down that list. It, it's 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 about time. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. He got to win some. He got to win some playoff games. He got to he got to get it done at that next level.
1: By far. Um... Matter of fact, let me see. How old is, he? How old is Mike Trout? Uh 29. Like you in the middle of your prime. Like we we mm-hmm. passed the honeymoon phase of, you know, seeing this sensational talent come on the scene. Like, you gotta get it done. Like mm-hmm. I know when they signed uh Albert Pujols, I think, you know, it, it seemed like at the time there was a lot of hype, but that that fizzled quickly. Angels haven't squatted cool, in a long time. So someone got to get. Him.
0: Exactly. Uh Albert Pujol's just the guy that can hit the ball. He he done lost, he done lost it. When he left St. Louis, he lost it. Yeah. It's no simple as that. He lost it. And so yeah, maybe maybe they motivated us something, but um, I don't know if uh, these idiot LA people um, that are these angel fans or wherever they are are trying to hold these folks accountable, but they need to start holding these angels accountable because um You supposedly have this best baseball player. And so um, it's time to produce. And so what's scarier than um, having an MVP, um, but having no playoff wins. And so um, Mike Trout, it's time for you to get it done until then. You are not the best player in baseball. Um, I I won't even entertain it, bro. It's ridiculous. I I cannot entertain it. Um, So anyhow. Uh, staying with the Dodgers, though, bro, and staying with L.A. So um, it's, it's, it would be crazy, like, if the L.A. Rams, right, would produce a trifecta of championships for L.A. It would, it would just be – it would be bananas. Like, Cody Bellinger, after his championship, he uh, text Jared Goff, and he texted right. him and he said, it's your turn now. And so – we get getting on football, but we're going to, you know, get back to baseball shortly. Uh, do you think the L.A. Rams, like, legitly, um, a lot of people, man, they, they seem to like this Rams team after the, what they did to the, to, to, to the Bears and their offensive line, which ain't much. Uh, we Chicagoans know that. Uh, our offensive okay. line and offense is terrible. Pretty but, much. But, you know, the L.A. Rams, um, a lot of people on their bandwagon now. Just curious, like, do you think they actually have a chance to win the World Series this season? I mean, the um, Super Bowl this season, the L.A. Rams. You
1: no, know, the funny thing is, if the Tampa Bay Rays had won and you asked me the same question with the Bucks, I probably would have said yes. But hmm. the Rams, they're – like, I know they're, what, two years removed from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: they're, they're not that team. Their defense is better than what it was when it went to the Super Bowl. But their offense is it, it's it's lacking. Um I know because Jerry Goff is really like kind of plateaued right now. He hasn't taken that extra step.
0: But where's um, the offense lacking? Like I don't see that, bro. I you know I don't see that offense lacking. It's
1: well, for one, like I know they have a running back by committee with uh Henderson and Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers, but mm-hmm. I feel like when they had Todd Gurley back there, it was, I, I know we have in the Halloween and the scariest, you know, like things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. At the time, he was probably the scariest guy on offense at that moment. He he made that offense tick. Like that offense was putting up points after points after points and blowing out people left and right back in 2018. Now, like they, they can be had when they, when they actually go up against – a uh, good defense. We had a good defense, but our offense couldn't do anything because of the offense awesome wide. When you actually go up a solid defense and a team that can score points, the Rams will fold like a chair. I'm I'm not a believer. They're not even they're not even the best team in their division. I still like Seattle, um, and I feel like the 49ers and the Cardinals are just in the in the same class as them right now. Once everything's said and done, and then you gotta watch out for the Packers and the Bucks the saints are holding strong without the receivers and they'll probably be around towards the playoffs. Our team, I think if we get our stuff together on offense, we can be in them. I, I I don't see it. And then you got to worry about the, the AFC teams, either Kansas city or, um, uh, Tennessee or Baltimore. Baltimore. No, like all those teams can put up points and stop you. So no, I, I don't see it.
0: Yeah, man. Um, you raise a valid point, um, but I got to disagree with you. Um, and here's why. Um, I, I I like, like, underdog teams in certain moments. I like teams that are definitely below the radar for most of the season. Those are typically the teams that, you know, come out in football and in baseball. Um, not in basketball. Basketball, generally, if you got a top five you know, player, and they got some good help, things in that nature, you can get some things done. Um, basketball, you just say, get, get that boy the ball, let him take us there. Football it's a team sport. And with football, um, it's a game of being hot as well. Um, it's a game of playing the right football at the right time. I think this team, bro, has a chance to actually surprise some people. Um it's been years where wild card teams that came from strong divisions example the Ravens example Steelers when they won their first Super Bowl um example the Seahawks when they had a deep playoff run years back as a wild card team um it's been a number of wild card teams that just the New York Jets in 2010 2011 um they come from strong divisions um they battle tested throughout the season shout out to the NFC West by the way uh, you got a five and one um, Seahawks well yeah five and one Seahawks team 49ers team that is a pretty decent team um you know and they they're getting hard and they're playing the right football and then you got the la Rams uh, and as well as the the, the the Arizona Cardinals which we picked on an early morning sports talk podcast will be an upset last week that is one of the best divisions in football um I think that is a tune-up so when they play other divisions, other teams, they can definitely give them a run for their money. And I'm not saying that they'll go in and kick somebody's tail, but I'm saying Jamar that they got the cast, they got the team to stick around in a close game. They got the cast, they got the team to stick around on the road. I think they can play in cold weather. It doesn't matter. Um, I think they're well suited um, and booted to go anywhere. And that'd, that'd be a Green Bay. That'd be. I think they can beat the Packers absolutely. I think they can beat the Packers. I think I know they can beat the Bears. Um, I, I, I strongly feel that they can beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. and the weather wouldn't be a factor there if they had to go to Tampa or if they had to go to a New Orleans or things of that nature. Um, you know, they are very well matched with that division, um, you know, obviously with, um, you know, the Seahawks and the Niners and the Cardinals. And then, if you know, the NFC East, who worries about the NFC East? I mean, that's the worst division in history of football. And so the LA Rams, y'all, I strongly, I'm telling you right now here on the early morning sports talk podcast, that team will be dangerous. And I believe that they will make the playoffs. Um, I believe this NFC West will actually produce three playoff teams. And I think the two wild cards will possibly come from uh, the NFC West and um, and that's sad to say because, you know, for me, it's kind of pointing to where with our Bears, either they win a division or they're not getting in. Simple as that. Um, I don't I don't think, um, you know, with our offensive line, with our issues and that nature, with us kind of debating between Trubisky still and Foles, I don't know, man. Uh, Which, that shouldn't right even be a debate. Right. I mean, so, yeah. I like that LA Rams team. And so um, I would not be surprised if they did make the playoffs, but um, it's going to be very interesting between teams like the Rams, the Cardinals, um, the Niners. Damn, they all in the same division, yo. And then the Bears, um, you know, battling like for that wild card spot. I, I and mean, so. Remember, there's three wild cards this year. So. Right. There's three wild cards, and so it's like an extra team that can kind of make it, and so um, I think that will, again, be the Bears and the Rams that will kind of be battling for that spot, um, and the Bears, we're going to learn a lot about them against the Saints. We're going to learn a lot about them, and so um, yeah, so we, 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 we've we talked about the Rams. We've talked about that, but let's get back to baseball, and All so right. our beloved White Sox, um, they just did a very, very wonderful hire. Um, they hired Tony La Russa, fresh out of the retirement home. He came fresh out of the retirement home, bro. And now he is ready to get back to, you know, being a baseball manager. Uh, you got a lot of people that are mixed up about this. They are all mm. over the place. <laughs> so, yes. um, yeah, I, I need your thoughts, man. Do you think this is a good hire? Was this a steal or what, what, what were the Sox thinking? Uh, I'm guessing the Sox was
1: thinking they want somebody that's, that's been around the block a few times, uh, been around a couple of decades, I suppose. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know you may feel otherwise. I, I just feel like, I I just hope there's not a conflict of philosophies and styles and personalities and clashes that can probably happen off that. Um, I, I just hope he can adapt reinvent the wheel because I feel like uh, we're seeing something like that right now in NFL with Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys there's a reason why he's been out of the league. there's a reason why that his defensive coordinator hadn't had a defensive coordinator job since I think 2014 um, and look at them now. so I'm just I'm um, just saying like um, I feel like there could have been other, managers or candidates that probably could mesh mesh well or better than w- what this one is. But I mean, make me a believer, just like with the Rams, make me a believer. We'll see.
0: Right. I hear you, man. Um. Yeah. You know, uh, world I'm here to put it out here that I, I love this hire. I love this hire by the White Sox. I think this was a very smart hire. Um, I think it was an absolute steal. Um, I know that, you know, he's, uh, you know, grandpa age right now. And that he's fresh out of retirement home. And everybody's like, you know, what are you guys doing believing in this old man? Um, He hasn't coached in nine years. Um, He hasn't necessarily had any, uh, let's say big moments, you know, um, in a number of years, but the big moments, let's stick with the big moments world. He's had a lot of big moments with the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, he's had a lot of big moments, um, just as a manager overall. Um, he has never been a pushover. That's what I like about him. Um, he's always been tough, always been gritty. Um, always got the most and the best out of his players. I can see him, Jamar, not trying to be their friend. I can see him being an old grumpy man that's less like, I know what it takes. I I know how to get you there. I know how to push you. I know how to get the excellent side of you and make the most of what we got here, um, you know, with this team. And so uh, for me, man, I'm loving this hire. I'm really believing that he's going to get the most out of this White Sox team and that he'll be a manager, Jamar, that they'll do – it's one word that's very important when you're manager, when you're head coaching respect. Yeah. He'll have their respect. And when you have a young team like the White Sox respect, um, I think pretty much sky's the limit when you got that part down. When you have the respect, then a team can believe. And so when a team can believe, they're like, hey, man, we believe in our manager. Uh, we believe that he'll be, you know, this individual that um, will come in and he will lay, you know, his foundation down. This is what I'm looking to do. Uh, I don't see Tony La Russa being like a shortcutter, if that makes sense. I don't see him being a guy that's going to, like, sugarcoat anything. I can definitely see him, however, being a guy that's going to tell it exactly how it is. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to hold – Um, Tim Anderson accountable he's gonna be a guy that's gonna hold these players that want to come to the White Sox act like little females um, don't want to pitch or don't want to come to the south side he gonna be like hey cut all that shit out like he gonna be a coach that's gonna literally get in their tails and say hey I'm demanding this out of you and so I love this hire I love this old school hire I love this wisdom this out-of-the-box thinking mindset It's about time, Reinsdorf, that you did something right. Um, I think this is um, the right manager for this team. And so you got a lot of mixed opinions, but that's fine. I I really like the White Sox, man, um, to – that'll be my World Series picks next year. And it it sounds – I know it sounds it sounds out of the box, I know. And the reason why I say that is most managers, right, great, talented teams in their first season, they have a lot of success, Jamar. On top of that, um, guys that have, let's say, come from making the playoffs and they fired their manager right after the season. Uh, two examples coming off my head were the 2004 um, Boston Red Sox. They fired their manager and got um, another guy, and I forget his name, um, bald head guy. I think it was Cora or something like that. Um, and he got the Red Sox, that World Series. Additionally, uh, the Nationals did the same thing with Dusty Baker. They fired him in the next season, World Series. White Sox with Ozzie Guillen. But you know what? I take that back. They were not a playoff team. They were just a team that won the World Series on their first season. But um, I like that trend. And so there's a lot of positive things to go along with that. Mm-hmm. And so everybody watch out for the white Sox. Um, you know, they better come in with respect for that team. Cause I think with Tony La Russa, they're not going to be that type of team that's going to just want to hang around and they're going to literally want to take your heart out your chest, demoralize you, um, and, and, and just really show you like, Hey, um, we are here to win this thing. And so, um, October. Um, I'm thinking we definitely will be a lock for October next year.
1: For hey, real. As a as a White Sox fan, I I'm, I really hope you're right. <laughs> I really am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, you know, sky's the limit, man. Um White Sox, good hire, good steal. Um, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And right. so, yeah. And so with that being said, man, we have now covered uh, our section of baseball. Um, it's very, very, let's say, odd that we start off with baseball, but we kind of had to do that this morning because it was just a lot of good news coming out of baseball. And so um, one thing I want to ask you before we get into our Halloween section of the early morning sports talk podcast is. Yeah. Um, It's Trevor Lawrence. So he was injured. Well, no, he wasn't injured. He was um, COVID positive COVID tests. Um, This kid, obviously, um, you know, many people got him as one of the greatest talents coming out of college football as a quarterback um, since uh, Dan Marino. And so, um, just curious about this Clemson team. How do you think they'll hold up? Because he he's looking to be out for the next two games. Um, he, he can't even go around the team for the next 10 days. Um, and so how will, or what do you think, like, how would this team hold up during this guy's absence?
1: Well, I mean, I, I don't know offhand who their next two opponents are. But what I can say, like, historically in the at least in the last like I don't know six seven years Clemson has had you know draft well not drafted but uh signed you know quarterbacks that fits their scheme and uh, produces once they get a chance so I'm gonna go on the limb and assume that the next guy up is gonna get it done because that's what he was brought there to do once Trevor Lawrence is gone um I feel like their defense will, you know, aid the offense if there is any, uh, you know, setbacks in that regard. Mm -hmm. I feel like they'll still be fine. Um, But more importantly, I need to see who their next couple opponents are. But I I would say on the outside looking in, I think they'll be okay. We got Boston College today.
0: And mm, that next game. Okay, so do you, you see what Deshaun Reed just said? He, um, what's up, Deshaun? He just said he may miss the Notre Dame game. And so, yeah, that oh, one right okay. There. So Clemson, they week. play, right, that's next week. Yep, because I'm like, I don't think they play them this week. I would have heard about it, like, heavily. But, okay, so they do play them next week. Yep. And as we know, Notre Dame is a top five team, Um, you know. Yeah, they're so, right number four right now. Right. And that's very interesting. Uh, Maybe I can address that really quickly um Deshaun with Notre Dame are you impressed by this team because me watching this team they literally Jamar and this is just typical Notre Dame they're in a huge fight five-point games with Duke like five-point games with Temple (laughs) and this is at home and I'm just sitting there like damn like this is a top five team but then I had to think about it. Oh, this is Notre Dame. So Notre Dame's going to like get all this publicity just because they're Notre Dame. Um, and they just, you know, they're a defensive team. They went ugly. Um, they're all around good team. Um, it's just, you know, like when they get to the big boys, they usually stink the joint up. Um, And history has just proven that. It just sometimes makes me think, uh, Deshaun and Jamal, like when like you play against Alabama and them boys in Alabama, they just got football all day, every day, every day, all day, hot weather, blah, blah, blah. And you come up against some Indiana cats. Um, Yeah. They come from across the country and different things, but they just not on that same level. Um, And so it's like, Hmm, can they get it done in the big moments? But guess what y'all? Without Trevor Lawrence, damn near anything's possible without Trevor Lawrence, right? Um, yeah. You know? I, against them, yeah. You never know. Right. But then again, if Notre Dame can't put up points and they are, you know, this struggling defensive team, crazy as it sounds, they will still have a chance against Notre Dame even with this freshman because of the fact that Notre Dame just seemed to somehow play the other team's level. They'll get it done. They just get it done in a very ugly way. And so um, that is very interesting, man. Um, I'm a really, we're going to talk about that game next week, Jamar, um, because that's like a very interesting game. Um, Tonight will be very interesting. Maybe we come next week and we're talking about an upset. I don't know. But, yeah, um,
1: man, if Boston College pulls that off, he uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Ooh, is. And, and let me ask y'all this. So, if Boston College beats Clemson, right? If Boston College beats Clemson and this is without Trevor Lawrence, and let's just say, you know, they win next week against Notre Dame or vice versa. They lose against Notre Dame. They beat Boston College. And this is all without Trevor Lawrence, who is the best player in college football. Do you still put Clemson in the college football playoff?
1: I feel like it depends. Like, if they lose to Boston College, like, that—that that is a a big blow to their resume. Yeah. By far. Um, If they, you know, lose to them and win, that's a big blow. If they win and beat Notre Dame, it won't be as bad. And I still think you got a chance for them to get in. But they lose this game here. It, it, you know, there's got teams looking at chops just waiting to to get an opportunity to get in this top four, right? So, I think honestly, it comes down to the Clemson defense if they can
0: just, you know, get things done until Trevor comes back, right? And so, the the defense will literally have to hold their own. Um, they'll have to run the ball. I know they got a great running back, I don't know the kid's name. Um, but, you know, in football, right, sometimes there's just various ways to win the game. Yeah. And so um, the greatest example of that is, and I know you're, you're, you're still a fan, Deshaun, is Mike Tomlin finding a way to win games with that team. Like, just finding, I mean, making the way out of nowhere. Like, with pretty much n- nothing. And that man made that team... Arguably, if the playoff format was the way it was this year, they would have been a playoff team last year. And so, like, he'll have to just – find Clemson will just have to find ways to uh, make things work. Realize that that kid is a freshman. Um, Don't put him in too much of bad spots. He's not a Trevor Lawrence. Um, You know, and just try to work around with what he does and work with his strengths. And so –
1: guess that means yeah. we're we going to have to see what Davo Sweeney can do as far as coaching, like what, what schemes, what, what calculations, what form are you going to put in place here to make your team successful? So we're going to see.
0: We will definitely see. And so, um, yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm going to be definitely looking into that game because, um, I'm looking into just seeing how they, uh, you know, do what they have to do, um, you know, with what they got. And so, all right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Halloween edition of the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. Um, I was going to wear a mask, but I thought it was cliche. Um, you know, I'll wear it another time. Um, but I do want to talk about some scary things. Uh, we want to talk about some scary things this morning. And so, Jamar, I'm putting you on the spot, bro. Who? I need to know, yes, who? I need to know who is your top five scariest players to guard in the NBA right now. All right, so
1: so when you asked me this question, uh, when I when I saw the rundown, I'm like, okay. So I'm I'm basing this off of like like the keyword is scariest and not uh, uh, the degree of difficulty to guard. So with that being said, this is no particular order. Kyrie Irving. I, I'm not trying to be on anybody's uh highlight reel Cross over list. Be, yeah I, I'm not trying to be uh, same, yeah man I, I ain't trying to be Brandon Knight uh, <laughs> number two <laughs> I got james harden same thing I, I'm james not harden. trying to be Wesley Johnson and him looking at me and then draining the three I'm not trying to be that all right three is a little 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 new school here I got John ja Morant because I oh, really John ja Morant. Yes.
0: He's, he's putting fear in you already, John Morant?
1: Hey, man, he... The baby? The baby, man. But th- this baby is getting respect to Lou Williams and everybody else, putting people on their backside. This dude is posterizing people. He he almost ended Kevin Love's career early in the season last uh-huh. year. Like, mm-hmm. this dude is fearless, and he's coming at you on both ends of the floor. So that, that man is scary. Number four is his uh, AAU teammate, Zion Williamson. Like, there's guys in the league that were scared of this dude off-bat. When he first got in, he wasn't even in shape yet. They they don't want no part of him around the rim. And I'm pretty sure when he, when he get his legs under him coming this upcoming year, you're going to see a lot more high-flying stuff from this man. Okay. And then, and then number five, I, I, I got the man that, that's always on one 100% of the time. That gives you 100% of his game at all times at 100 miles per hour, Russell Westbrook. I do not want no parts of this man on the open court. I don't want no parts of this man in half court. I don't want this parts of no man, this man out, out off the court. So so that <laughs> that's my top five, man. Like I said, it's, it's, it's scary between getting posterized, getting my angles broke, not being another Brandon Knight here, not the degree of difficulty of guarding because we can go with the elite players there, but this is just my scariest list right here.
0: Wow. So can you run through that list one more time? Russell Westbrook, yep. Um, uh, John Morant, yep. Uh, Kyrie, yep. Um, Zion, yep. And who's that other guy? James Harden. James Harden. Okay. Gaction. Gotcha. Well, bro, it, it, I think we are opposite tangents this morning. Hey, that's the beauty heck, of it. <laughs> look, how you gonna put these babies on the top five scariest players to guard in the NBA? Like, like I said, Zion. Look, man, Zion, all you got to do is rip the ball up from him. Um, you know, get him off his uh, let him get on his feet. Up, oh, take that right out your hand. Um, you might possibly get a foul off the bam. I'm, as long as you don't let him rise on you, you got a chance, I'm, I'm, a little chance with Zion. And as long as you don't let him I'm get saying,
1: though. <clears throat> but these <throat> grown men, these veterans were scared of this guy. I I, I kid you not. Now, I could have did a list of LeBron, Kevin Durant, Luka. I mean, that's... that's okay, that's,
0: so, yes. That's, <laughs> I mean, it, you, it, you you're, you're hit it where I'm headed. You see this <laughs> pumpkin here, world? This pumpkin <laughs> reminds me of these top five players that I'm about to present to y'all that are the scariest players to guard in the NBA. You just <laughs> named the first guy, man. The scariest player, y'all, to guard in the NBA is Kevin Durant. You know Why? Because you can't do a damn thing about guarding him. It ain't nothing you can do. And it ain't nothing the NBA player can do. You can send a big man out against him. He's going to blow right past him. You can send a LeBron, a Kawhi on him. They can't block the shot. The man is too tall. He got a 7'6 wingspan. There is absolutely no way you can block his shot. He gets off 27 easily in his sleep. This ain't even trying and when the game and the magnitude is at the point he can get to the free throw line and he can just demoralize you, dunk you, poke you, shoot the three-pointer from half court, he can do whatever necessary to get the points, get the buckets. And so for me, y'all, the scariest player to guard in the NBA right now is by far Kevin Durant when he's healthy. Now his ACL, different things, when he come back, that's going to be a big question mark. When he comes back, it you know – if he comes back, I would say, Jamar, give me 85% KD. He's better than Paul George, 85%, bro. 85%. Now, you give me 100% KD, only Kawhi, only LeBron Kentucky. That's it. So, you know, KD, for me, by far is the scariest player in the NBA to guard because there's nothing you can do about it. He's so great offensively, it's damn near not even scary. It's just like, let me give up. It's nothing I can do. That's how scary he is to guard. So KD, number one. Number two, I'm going to have to go with LeBron. LeBron, forehead esteem. LeBron, a man amongst men. Um, he will wear you out physically on that court. He will demoralize you. Add Jimmy Butler how tired he was. When he played against LeBron, XKD, he had to go to Golden State to go with Clay and uh, Steph in order to get that ring because LeBron was that physically imposing. Speaking of Steph Curry, huh? That's my next guy. Steph Curry, scary to guard. You know why? Because he can pull up on you anywhere on the court. Anytime. What you going to do? Not only can he pull up on you, when you try to block his shot, he can go right under you, dribble all around the court, get that pretty finger roll, get that pretty layup, get buckets from all over the court on you and just go clean off on you. You think um, Steph Curry's not hard to guard? Ask Kevin Durant that night at OKC when he stopped and he pulled up and he demoralized the Oklahoma Ooh. City city. Okay. Ask the L.A. Clippers. Ask just anybody that play against the Warriors. These guys, by the way, we was talking about last week, teams is going to come back with a vengeance. Y'all go to State finna come back with a vengeance. Um, You know, you talk about scary teams to play. The Nets will be scary to play. Scary as hell to play. And the Warriors are already scary as hell to play. I mean, everybody, when they watching the Warriors, you literally have your heart and your chest beating because you know they can go off at any given time. And so you you just, you know, you just hate to see them get hot because if they get hot, there's nothing you can do about it. And so I'm super excited to see Steph Curry come back next year. Um, he will be scary. I hope he <laughs> I hope he's the Steph Curry of old because if so, he will be very scary to guard. The one thing folks can't say about my list, Jamar is that my list is based off of history. These guys wasn't playing last year. So folks can't say, well, hey, how can you put these guys on the list and they didn't even play last year? So your list might not be all that valid. I just, I strongly feel the guys that they're going to come back, ladies and gents, that they're going to come back and they're literally going to be the Warriors of old. KD's going to be the KD of old. Um, My next person on the list, James Harden. James Harden is scary to guard. He will break your ankles. Offensively, there's nothing you can do to stop him. Um, he gets to the free throw line whenever he wants, whenever he wants. It's just like damn near like you just know James Harden is going to get 40 on you. And go ahead. I was going to say,
1: he's surgical. It's like he knows he knows how to get to his spots. He knows how to – use the rules in his favor to get to wherever he wants and get to the line, like, and then, like you said, ankle breaker, it's like, you
0: cannot guard this man straight up, you can't, you just can't yeah. do it. Yeah, with James Harden, uh, you you pretty much gotta pray that, you know, um, he gets cold, but oftentimes he does not get cold. Um, James Harden, man, he physically imposes his will, just you know, you anytime, any day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, for for my fifth player, it was it was the debate, y'all. Oh, man, I was stuck between <laughs> Luca, I was stuck between the claw. I was stuck between Kyrie and I was stuck between Giannis. And so for me, out of those players, man, y'all can go crazy, say whatever you want. Giannis is the fifth scariest player to guard in the NBA. And the reason why is, he, he just hasn't had a point guard, y'all. When this man get a point guard, I'm telling y'all, it's going to be curtains. <coughs> <Chris> people <Paul. laughs> are going crazy over the nets. They are going crazy. Man, the East, I'm telling y'all, it's going to be a gauntlet. It's going to be a war. And don't let him get Chris Paul on that team because it's going to be that much scary. Like, this man is a Shaq mixed with a LeBron, mixed with Heat. And, and if that jump shot just continue to develop any better, it's going to be really, really serious trouble for the Eastern Conference for many, many years to come. And so Giannis, when he get his full head of steam, it ain't none your mama, your daddy, your grandpa. It ain't none your brother, your sister, your cousin. <laughs> it ain't none that your best friend, your teacher, your your, 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 your your physical trainer. It ain't none none of them can do to stop Giannis from getting to the hole and dunking you damn near from the free throw line. Like, the man is a beast. He is physically imposing, and there's no way you can do anything about it. There's nothing you can do about it. And so with this guy Giannis, man, he's young. He's still developing. He's still ascending, and that's scary. That's another scary part about this. He already got two MVPs, y'all. He already got Defensive Player of the Year awards. He already leading the Bucs to be a scary team. Um, they are literally on the crust of one player, one player away, um, and 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 I, I just I'm, I'm I'm as a basketball fan, Jamar, yeah. I am hoping, I am praying that Chris Paul would just deal with Milwaukee for one or two seasons. That's it, just one or two seasons. Come to Milwaukee, deal with it, um, and, and go for that ring. And boy, if you're yeah. talking about he come with Giannis. Everybody gonna be looking all towards the Clippers, the Lakers, the Mavs, and the um, Warriors. Um, you know, man, the East gonna be it's gonna be lit. It's gonna be lit for real. They're excited. And so I'm, um, I'm, I, I'm hoping, man, I'm praying that uh, Chris Paul come uh, to the uh,
1: Bucks. I, I tell you what, though, uh, if the GM want to keep his job, he'll
0: for the Bucks, he'll make that happen. Exactly. Exactly because uh, Eric Bledsoe I like him man I like Bledsoe as a backup though um, I like him as a backup and I like um, you know those white boys uh, what's that kid from uh, Villanova Dis- it's always hard for
1: that
0: uh, name Dis- event- yeah him um, I put him as my third point guard you got to get like a seasonal vet in that joint um, to run the show and say hey everybody move out the way I can get this bucket when Giannis has got a wall around him. And you can't put a wall around him, Jamar, if you got a Chris Paul. You can't do that. You're right. You're it's right. Eat you up for dinner. It's gonna leave Chris Middleton open. Imagine,
1: leave, imagine the pick and roll between those two because you know Chris Paul is surgical with the pick and roll, especially from the mid range. It's that's
0: like, that, that is a fact. And that and I think you have stated that Chris Paul going to the Bucks will be similar to like LeBron and AD with the Lakers because yeah. of the pick and roll. Exactly. Of the pick and roll. It's no stopping that. Not with Chris Paul. Uh-uh. No. no so he keeps the defense honest. Exactly. And so um, those are my top five, bro. I got James Harden. I got Giannis. I got LeBron. I got KD, and I got um James Harden, and so well, I think I just mentioned James Harden. Um, yeah, my fifth player um, was it? You mentioned Greek uh, freak. Yeah, I mentioned the Greek freak. I mentioned James Harden. I mentioned yep. LeBron. Kevin Durant. I mentioned KD. Um, and um, Steph. Steph Curry. Thank you, my brother. Yes. Yep. And so with that. Um, that's, that's my top five of the scariest players to guard. Uh, you can uh, feel free, world. If you guys got a top five, um, go ahead. Bring it out there. Um, okay, but we still stick with the NBA here. So um, as an NBA player, who is scarier to guard in the fourth quarter of a playoff series, Jamar? between LeBron James, between Kevin Durant, between the claw, in between Luka Doncic these two these four are the top four offensive players just when I say skilled for me these are yeah skill pressure assassins like they (laughs) are assassins thank you and so between these four man um I'm gonna surprise y'all here too um who is tough to guard in the fourth quarter of a playoff series
1: I mean I mean, honestly, you can pick either one of these. and <laughs> probably have a right answer. Uh, but uh I'm gonna go with uh I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. I mean <laughs> I mean you can't you can't guard this seven foot sky well, I am gonna say skywalker, with seven foot uh,
0: He's seven two, right? Durant? No, he's not seven two, he was no, seven. seven feet. Okay.
1: Yeah, I know they got him, quote, unquote, listed as 6'9", but no, nah, he he grew since that original night. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't block a shot. He scores from anywhere on the court. Any type of offensive situation from post to mid-range to three-point to attacking the basket, he just has an arsenal on him that's unlike anybody else in the history of this game. Point blank, blank, period. So, I mean, you you know who he is. He said it for you. Don't disrespect mm-hmm. the man. It's Kevin Durant.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was stuck here, man. I was stuck uh with this with this question because KD, man, um, and maybe I'm contradicting myself. Um, I, I believe we kinda all would in a way kinda pick K D, but I got it, it was a part of me that I was stuck with Luca. Um but I feel you on that, he, though. Right. It was a part of me that was stuck with Luca because he beats you in so many ways. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's as fast. He doesn't look like he's as strong, strong as hell. He's actually very quick. Uh, he can get you off your feet. Once he gets you off your feet, he can get a foul um, or he can just drive you to the lane. But then on top of that, he can hit the three from anywhere. Like, that's scary. Like, the claw, I was stuck with the claw, man. Like, people are asleep on the claw just because he didn't get it done this year. Don't y'all go disrespecting him, please. Like, he will be back for a vengeance next year. Oh, believe that next season is going to be epic. Bro. The because, way so
1: I was going to say, the way he was looking at Paul George at the end of that game of game seven, you know darn well. He's
0: not having that next year. Just saying. Mm-mm. Yeah. If he got to shoot that rock 50 times, he going to do it. Period. And the claw, what's scary about him, bro, is that he don't have a conscience. He don't think. He just do it. Like It's like an assassin just shooting you or, or, or murdering you. And it's Halloween. And he not even thinking twice about it. It just happens. Just cold blooded. The claw literally has no pulse. He has no, it's just ice water in his veins, pure cold. And so um, out of these four, <laughs> I can't give an answer, y'all. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, like, bro, LeBron, like he's done it so many times. But I would say LeBron in the fourth quarter, y'all, he's the easiest to guard out of this list. And the reason why is because LeBron, you you gotta you disagree, Jamar? No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, no. Oh, because I was saying like with LeBron, you just gotta stay in front of him and try to hope that he can shoot that jumper. And it'll be a little bit streaky at times. Um with LeBron additionally, um, you know, you can get him to the free throw line and he'll, you know, kind of be a little shaky at the free throw line. But in the fourth quarter, though, we got to point out, he don't miss a free throw in a big clutch moment. He don't miss those free throws. Um, you know, he'll miss them throughout the game, but it's somehow like crazy in that fourth quarter, Jamar, and, and those tight games, that nigga will make those free throws. <laughs> and it's just be like, man. I mean, like
1: <laughs> You're right. No, he he's definitely um... – I feel like got rid of that uh that stigma of him you know choking in the fourth quarter early on his career. It's it's like the mm-hmm. complete opposite. He's calm and composed. It's like he had that demeanor like I've done this before. I know what I'm doing. Right. Period.
0: So if and the for the first time in the early morning sports talk podcast history, um, there is uh no answer for this question, um you you literally
1: can just take one or the other. <laughs> yeah, basically basically what I said like you can pick whatever one and have a right answer, man. Cuz shoot, cuz when you're talking about Luca, I'm like, you know what, it's like in my head it kind of reminds me of uh if Manu Ginobili was a superstar version of himself in his prime. Right. Mm-hmm. Cuz that man is so crafty and he does it with a smile on his face. That's what makes it probably even scarier. He, right. he don't even look intimidating. He just, you know, just, you know, just nonchalantly just hits you with a step back, three, game over. Like mm.
0: he's a killer, man. Yeah, I remember Manny man back in his prime. That was something else. Yeah, but yeah, man. Um, that that covers that question. <laughs> I mean, what a what a question. Um, another one. So let's get to the NFL. Well, we got? so. so just curious, man. If you're a head coach in the NFL, what's your offensive player and defensive player puts the most fear in you?
1: Ooh,
0: all right. So, all
1: right. So offensive player, I was stuck between a couple of people, but then I'm like – then I thought about it like, nah, ain't nobody on this level right now. And this and this is our boy, boy down in Nashville, man. This is Derrick Henry. <laughs> this, this, you're, this smart, is our guy. you're smart, man. You're smart man
0: me <laughs> they don't want to tackle that brother they don't want to tackle that.
1: the man is 6'3 <laughs> 200 i think 40 is 250 pounds running a four five who actually who actually um his acceleration takes off at a certain point where nobody can yeah beat.
0: that's crazy ain't it he, he doesn't look as fast as he is
1: he doesn't but when he gets a full steam Ahead, it's it's a wrap. You're not touching you, him. you
0: can't catch him. That's the crazy part. Like most running backs in size, you can you know catch you can him. Chase down, yeah. Right, that nigga, you can't even chase him you're down. Yeah, like, I'll run you.
1: And he's done it time and time again from long distances: ninety-nine yard runs, ninety-seven yard runs, ninety-five yard run. I'm like ninety-four the other day. Yeah, like
0: <laughs>
1: dude. <laughs> I mean, ask Josh Norman how it is to try to tackle him straight on.
0: You. You're, Man, that when I was speaking of like scary, I I just look like he had to been either scared or he probably wasn't scared. He actually thought he could tackle him, and he literally picked him up, bro. He picked him up with his right hand and just threw him. He he's an
1: instant meme right now. It's like because the fact of how airborne he is, he he put a
0: grown man airborne.
1: And his 30s. I mean
0: that's that that's messed up. A grown, and excuse my French, but an ass is a donkey. An ass is a donkey. A grown ass man. Picked him up and just threw him off his feet. It was just like, is that even real? I can just imagine around the weight room how much that man lifted with his legs. Like, bro, he probably need a thousand thousand pounds or something. Like, he probably need probably 1,500 pounds. Like, dude, dude, dude got to be that strong. He got to be literally that strong. And I'm just talking about, like, a leg press or something. Like, dude got to be – that's unbelievable. And so, right. yeah, man, like – um, <laughs> wow. Um, Defensive player. We on defense now, right?
1: Yeah. So, all right. So, you know, since we're talking about scary, I, I kind of, like, fuse two people together because I feel like they A and A1 right now. I call him. Aaron Mack, the combination oh, gotcha. of Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack is,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: like, what can you do? Just imagine those two uh, was on the same team.
0: It's a wrap. Uh, imagine. It's a wrap. It would be, it'd be mean, epic,
1: man. Aaron Donald doing what he's doing. Like, I mean, both of these guys get double teamed. Aaron Donald playing defensive tackle, still getting in the backfield, doing his thing. Khalil Mack, I know he's he he he's been slow, but the thing is his impact with other players getting off and getting to plays. And when Khalil Mack gets going, you see him tossing over 300 pound lineman with one arm over his yep. shoulder and looking at him like, you you effed up now. So right. like mm-hmm. these these two players, I definitely, definitely I know for a fact puts fear in other
0: teams, uh, uh, game plans and schemes and everything else. I'm telling you, and I'm gonna hit you with a curveball here, bro. Yo. Who is the scariest player in the NFL of all time? Boom. I know, I know I just hit you with a curveball. Who is the scariest player of all time? I already know you're thinking about some defensive players because I am too.
1: No, <laughs> the, the one that sticks to mine, uh, And I didn't even get a chance to see him play, but just watching his highlights, Lawrence Taylor.
0: Oh man. LT. Who? Man. You talking about a monster. Man. I'm talking about unleashing hell. <laughs> he uh, he
1: revolutionized, I think, what was it? At least two different positions. Yeah. Uh, the defensive end. Matter of fact, defensive end, linebacker, and the left tackle <laughs> for Auburn. Mm.
0: Yeah, right. right. True. True.
1: Right. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And was one of the few players ever, I think, was the only defensive player to win MVP. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the only defensive player to win MVP, LT. You talking about unleashing hell on the football field? And so I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, bro. I'm gonna just bring a few others in, just by all means, to remind folks. So for me, the scariest NFL player of all time since you said LT, I'm yeah. actually go with Ray Lewis. I gotta go with Ray, and the reason why, and I was thinking about Dick Buckus. I was thinking about Erlacher. I was thinking about those great linebackers, Mike Singletary. I was thinking about ALT. Um, But I'm going to go with Ray Lewis. You talk about somebody that unleashed pain on the football field. I'm talking about what knocked you clearly into another century. Like, you asked that Jets tight end. His life got changed that day. His life was changed. His life was changed. Like, it's some players that it just hits you on the football field and that change your life. Like, it reminds me of Morgan Park, um, me going against a left tackle um, by the name of Ramon Johnson. He went off to Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, went up against his brother as a sophomore, and he told me, Brandon, come at me. I came at him, and he threw me about 10 yards. Um, it literally changed the way I approach certain tackles. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got to do this thing differently because if I don't um, – but I, I mean obviously as I grew and I, I got a little stronger in my coming years, um, I really began to see it just was another Ramon Johnson's, if that makes sense. He was just a special breed. And so like, you know, it it, it, was, it was just amazing, man. Um additionally, uh so with the scariest player of all time for me, man, I, I gotta go with Ray Lewis. Uh but right now in today's NFL, um, I would say on the offensive end, uh, since you said Derrick Henry, I'm going to go with Patty Mahomes. I'm going to go with Patty Mahomes. And so with Patty Mahomes, um, for me, man, Patty Mahomes is, he's so rare in regards to what he can do on the field. He can beat you in just so many different ways. Um, He got the speed, he got the arm. He got the arm talent. He can beat you with trick plays. Uh, You know, the guy, man, obviously, has been torching the league since he got in the league. Um, I can just imagine being the defensive coordinator and having to go against a guy that when you set up a certain defense, he can just beat you in so many different ways. Um, Also, as a Bears fan, I must say, um, and this is just strictly coming from a Bears fan, and I think with most Bears fans, um, when we talk about scary, um, and y'all know where I'm going here, uh, the scariest player for us often on the offensive end is Aaron Rodgers. Somehow, some someway, um, the brother just finds a way to just show his talent. He finds a way to torture you, beat you in many ways. Um, and so, I mean, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, man, he's, he's about as great as it gets. Um, On the defensive end, so on the defensive end, I'm going to have to go with, since you went with Aaron Donald, and you kind of went with the Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack type of thing, um, I mean, I really can't say nobody else on the defensive end, I can't, it's a lot of great players, but if I had to just go with somebody on the defensive end, For me, it'd have to be Aaron Donald. Like, Aaron Donald is just a man amongst boys. Um, He can literally change a whole entire game just with how he plays the game. Um, And he physically imposes his will on teams. And that's pretty much nothing you can do about it. And so, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much, you know, who I got as a beast. Both on the offensive end, defensive end. You got Derrick Henry, good pick Jamar. Um, I got Patty Mahomes, greatest of all time, the scariest player of all time. You got LT. i I'm, I'm Since you picked LT, I'm going to go with Ray Lewis. Um, and then for the defensive side of the ball of today's NFL, um, you got Aaron Donald. And you know what? I'm going to stick with Aaron Donald as well. And so... Um, Speaking of football, um, there was um, a video forwarded to me by Coach Mark. And so, uh, Coach Mark, thank you for this video. Um, I think it's a dope video. And so, um, I'm gonna show this to the viewers. And I think this would be a little fun for a few folks. Uh, It's just basically talking about scary trick plays. Um, (laughs) So, I think this would be a little fun for the segment this morning. So let me go ahead and let me pull this joint up really quickly. Go, 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 go. That work
1: <laughs> Thirty-one yards here, and that will be appreciated. Spinner on that. That's a smart play to catch that out of the ten yard line there by Keegan Brewer. So North Texas is coming to Fayetteville, and showed well, he, no he's signs never made it. a fair no, catch. he did make a fair catch signal. He's gone. Brewer down the sideline. This is gonna be a touchdown. Fourth and goal. And they're gonna snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws, caught, Foles touchdown. At their own forty-two. Eagles to put it down. I remember kick. I
0: remember this. Pressure
1: kick. Not even close. And now, Hester, after hesitating, he's going to run it out. And Hester is going to run it out past the 40. In the Giants' territory. He is going to go all the way. Touchdown, Chicago. And they set out the field goal unit. Hawk, the putter, takes the snap.
0: And then the touch! For <laughs> the end zone, for the touchdown, to the place kicker, Come Jason on. Sanders! Come on! I'm again, I'm one of these guys right now. I punt the ball and I make that freshman quarterback, Kyle Parker, wake up and do something. Field position, push him back, put pressure on him.
1: Now we going to set up to try one. Blair... He's gonna throw it! They got a fake and they got Thomas wide up and on the
0: sidelines!
1: Here is AJ Trapasso who will do the punting, the regular punter, and you've got a trick play here, and it is Trapasso who will carry the ball for a first down inside the 20 and all the way to the end zone for a touchdown. Man, oh man. <laughs> Tunger by
0: Loa to Funk, seeking the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would be fun, man. Um, yeah, Coach Mark, I forwarded that to me. I'm like, oh man, like, what really got my attention, bro, was like that first play when he ran, and you literally thought he was going out of bounds. He like, oh man, and he just that was just that was just <laughs> epic, man. And then I also love that uh, Devin Hester play, man. That was dope too. Oh yeah, I I remember yeah. watching that live. That was crazy, wasn't it? That was epic, man. So, yeah. You know, we thought we would show that to the world, man. Have a little fun with some scary trick plays. I hope uh, if I was able to be a football coach that that stuff would not happen to me. Um, yeah, very scary stuff, man. Uh, all right. So let's have a little fun here, Jamar. Um, okay. As a football fan, which NFL team is the scariest team to play for right now? Man,
1: uh, man. Uh... And that's more so as in you 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 don't want to be a part of that team, right?
0: Hell no, I don't want hell no, I don't want to be drafted by that team. Hell no, I do not want to go around Jerry Jones. I don't want to be around Jerry Jones. Hell no, 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 no. I don't want to be around that team. So like, yeah, man. Like, like, what team is the scariest team to play for? Cause exactly, Darren. <laughs> Yes. I I I, was, I knew somebody was gonna say that I Jets. was <laughs> he he took the words out of my mouth.
1: I was about to say Everybody. I was about to say Jets. Then you said Jerry Jones. Yes. I'm like, well oh. <laughs> Yeah, man. Man. Dude, that mm-hmm. whole organization is
0: abysmal from top oh, to bottom. Oh my goodness. They can't get anything right. Darren, <laughs> you all in our notes, man. Literally in my notes I got between the Jets and Cowboys between those two teams like and so you got the Jets man and I mean I'm sure you got a million reasons why the Jets are so bad y'all that it is highly rumored that this kid Trevor Lawrence he'll stay another year in college you hear me the kid will stay another year in college in order to avoid going to the Jets but I mean it's like hey man who would want to go to New York
1: I mean, both teams are bad right now, but Jets is like a whole nother level, man.
0: Jets are like a whole nother level. You can just see them on the sideline. They just – they know games over. They just – they know it. Like
1: yeah. they just collecting a paycheck at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, just saying, hey, let me get mine, you get yours.
1: I mean, it went downhill ever since they let Rex Ryan go, and I'm not saying he was like the, the best coach ever, but I felt like they had relevance. They don't right. have that anymore. And then you add hired Adam Gase
0: who like she never been who a head coach? scary, who looked scary. You remember his post, like his, yeah. his introduction when
1: he was on,
0: on uh cocaine? It was something, it looked like it, didn't it? He looked he had... scary, eyes was just as huge. It like... Yes, you, you already know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like folks just knew it just wasn't gonna turn out well with that. Like, folks just knew it right off the top. But, um, yeah, man, for me, bro, I got to go with Jerry Jones. I got to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't blame you. I, it's just so much that's just, you know, what can go wrong with the Cowboys just seems to go wrong. Um, it's just, like, this guy, Jerry Jones, I don't want to call him a racist, but he just reminds me of an old man that's just stuck in his stubborn ways. Like, He's a micromanager all over the team, breathing all over the team. Can't just let them be free and play football. Um, They have pressure every year, and the fans just always somehow feel that they're going to win the Super Bowl. No matter how terrible the team is, they just just feel that, you know, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know why. It's all
1: his fault because ever since his ego got in the way and they let go of Jimmy Johnson, like, because he didn't get the credit. I guess supposedly for the wins, mm-hmm. he, he he, dude, like, he got to go. I wish he, I wish he could fire owners, cause he'd be the first one I'd fire.
0: I swear, boy, if I had a franchise, y'all, that I wouldn't want to play for, that's just scary, and it just seemed to be cursed. Um, yeah, it would be the Dallas Cowboys, and an honorable third, y'all, would be the choking. Um. Well, it's a tie between the Lions and the Falcons. Remember I told you, man, it was last week. The, am I going to score a touchdown or are you going to score a touchdown? Like the let's find a way to choke bowl between we the it. Atlanta Falcons. We called it. We <laughs> called it, man. The Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions, they literally was telling each other on the field, you want to win? No, man, you win. No, man, you win. No, no, I don't want to win. You win. No, no, no. I don't want to. You win. <laughs> All right. Okay. No, no, man. You win. Like, this literally what was happening between these teams. When Gurley scored that touchdown and the, and the Lions
1: players was hoping that was a touchdown. They had their arms up. They knew.
0: Oh
1: my <laughs> like, just, so they, oh. They they, they said that, it, it was a, they made a meme <laughs> off that pitch and said
0: that's 20, that's the year 2020 in a nutshell right there. I'm telling you, like, literally. The Detroit Lions and Atlanta Falcons, they're just allergic. They're allergic to winning. They're allergic to success. And so, yeah, I wouldn't want to play for those teams. Neither one of them Uh Detroit, man, they've been miserable since the beginning of the time. Well, you're talking about a franchise that's just not used to winning. They're just, you know, they're just not used to it, bro. They're not. You know what?
1: I, I'll give the, the edge to the scarier team as the Lions because, at least with the Falcons, uh, I like the owner, Arthur Blaine, because he actually checked up on, on Vic when he was in jail.
0: Mm-hmm. So I give them that. Right. And then on top of that, it is Atlanta. Atlanta's fun. And the yeah. food's really good. It is. I, I love Atlanta. So, you know, yeah. The city's kind of play a role here. I wouldn't want to be stuck in Detroit. <laughs> ugh. Boy. Nah. You're talking about a little born city, Detroit. And I'm sorry if I'm the offending the Wayne Garys of the world like Detroit people, but ugh, I just wouldn't want to live there. No, um, I'm with you. Yeah. Ain't no way. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, scary. Um. All right, man. Uh, you don't have to answer this question, but you can if you want to. Just curious. <laughs> what's scarier, man? A uptick in coronavirus cases or Donald Trump winning another four years in office? What is scarier than that? <laughs> like, uh. oh man you talking about scary another four years of orange face or these upticks in coronavirus cases orange face says is uh the kung flu (laughs)
1: i'm I'm, I'm just 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 to keep it simple and 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 i guess i'm I'm gonna just pick coronavirus because that there can 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 kill you home spot Right, and then there's no real answer here due to lack of leadership. So, so I'll, right. I'm gonna just leave it at that.
0: Man, I'm telling you, like, um, coronavirus cases is scary, but I, I, gotta say, man, another four years of orange face. Um, I agree with you, Darren. Uh, another four years of orange face is just, oh man, we. It's already been a rough and a scary 2020. Um, 2024 of that person, oh man, that's scary. And so I'm, I'm you know, encouraging everybody to get out there and vote. Um, you know, it's very imperative that we get out there and not just complain about the candidates, but, you know, you got to take the lesser two evils. So get out there and make your voice be heard, please. Yeah, it is both terrible. Right. I mean, um,
1: both, both is the right answer in my ass. So.
0: Right. So you, 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 gotta, you gotta do something here, man. You gotta, you gotta get out there somehow, someway and, and, and make, make your voice be heard. So yes, it's Halloween. Um, but get y'all duffs out there. And before you do your trick or treating, um, those polls are open now, get out there, get out there early. Um, cause the longer you wait and the day longer the day, Uh, rain zone. The more people will be standing in line. So, just get it out the way
1: really quick. I heard. Uh, I heard. Uh, who's that? The isn't like the governor of Illinois shutting down the state on money so that the way uh, nobody can vote early or something like that.
0: Uh, there is a shutdown coming. Um, and I believe yeah, it either started. I think it started yesterday, bro. But as far as the voting, I think folks can still vote. Okay. That's, that's one of the exceptions, but restaurants, certain things like that. Uh, my gym is even uh, talking about shutting down in the coming weeks. Shoot. And that sucks because that means I got to do living room workouts again. I, I just hope that, that doesn't happen, but <laughs> it's looking like that's what it's coming to. Yep, because these cases are booming. They are skyrocketing, and we're looking to be at 300,000 deaths sadly, and you still got a president that doesn't want to take the kung flu serious uh got rallies huge rallies all these people all these idiots just out there um promoting their patriotism aka racism and um you know it's just basically what do i call them i call them event spreaders because that's all there are huge event spreaders people just going out there getting the kung flu and you know saying hey you know I tell you what, man, I just I don't wanna even find out what it's like. So yeah, I don't Fair even want to find out what it's like. So keep it away from me. Like, and I'll do my best to keep my mask on at all times and wash my hands and do whatever else I gotta do. I even take my clothes off as soon as I get in the crib, man, and you know, that's going straight in the machine. Like no games with it, none at all. So um, yeah, all right. So with that, man, um, we uh, have now uh, talked about our scariness and these scary, scary questions. Um, but let's get into some um, craziness now. Um, but it is scary because the Bears can be scary at times, their offense. Um, some folks are out there saying um, that if Nick Foles get out there on Sunday and he stinks up the joint then we should go ahead and put Trubisky out there for mobility purposes and other purposes. So um, and it would be obviously against the New Orleans Saints. So um, and right now they're playing like the New Orleans Saints because they ain't doing nothing without Michael Thomas. They ain't doing much without they ain't doing much without this man. And so it, it, is this like an overreaction, Jamar, to state if foes get out there and he's slowing his team down and messing us up. Like, yes, we can blame the offensive line, but I feel like even with Trubisky, he can break through those issues somehow, some way. I just feel like against certain teams, certain quarterbacks between these two are better matched against certain teams. And so is this an overreaction to state that if he's out there thinking of the joint to put in Trubisky?
1: I, I believe so. I believe it is an overreaction. Um, and- Let's just look at it like it is. When Trubisky was playing, uh, compared to the teams that Nick Foles was playing, Nick Foles actually went against tougher pass defenses, um, and has been for the most part been okay as far as his quarterback play. Now, last game, I mean, it was I, honestly I feel like it was more so he was under pressure more times than not, making in air throws. If he if he had a, a couple more seconds. Uh, with the throw to Darnell Moody, I mean that would have been a 94-yard touchdown. We would mm-hmm.
0: would have been saying something different right now. Um, but then again, I mean you had to triple team Aaron Donald.
1: I mean it's Aaron that's, Donald. That's
0: that's crazy. Like
1: <laughs> and that's the like, all
0: those resources to one man.
1: Yep, which frees everybody else up and exactly there you go. I mean. <sighs> But, uh, to, yeah, the answer is definitely an overreaction. Now, this game would definitely be uh, – I feel like this is a pivotal game and basically let us know what our season will look like. because We're going against a Saints team who is respectable, but there's definitely not the same Saints team because they don't have their weapons. They don't have mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, who's been out since week one. Emmanuel right. Sanders is out with COVID. So you basically don't have your top two wide receivers. So this is going to be an Alvin Kamara game. And the Bears right now is a little soft against the run right now, and soft against running backs in general. So mm-hmm. it's honestly it's gonna be more pressure on the Bears defense to do, you know, to keep them in line. But um I think foes, I think Foles will be fine. I think it's an overreaction. Um the fact is like Trubisky didn't get it done when he had weaker defenses. Like, how do you not torch Atlanta? How do you not torch Detroit. Detroit like like you're supposed to and so on and so forth. I mean, Nick Foles sitting here playing against the Colts defense, uh, um, the Buccaneers defense, the Rams defense, and right. I feel like he's been getting it done more times than he hasn't, so that's that's how I feel.
0: Yeah, I, I, I feel you, bro. I hear you. Um, yeah, I, I would say uh, it's not an overreaction, just, you know, I feel like, you know, with certain teams present certain matches. And so I wouldn't be surprised um, when we put this out here in the early morning Sports Talk podcast that um, our brother, Mitch Trubisky, is not done, at least for this season. I feel like he'll get a chance again. I just somehow feel that. And so, um, yeah, you know, I think Nick Foles, man, um, if if he messes up, you put Trubisky in, let him start some more games and once the season really gets waned and it gets cold and it gets around, you know, late December, then you put Foles in and let him work that Foles magic to lead us to the Super Bowl.
1: But my question is, isn't it dangerous to, like, be flip-flopping quarterbacks like this? Because isn't is ain't, ain't there a chance that you can, like, lose confidence within your team? Like what, like, what are we doing here? Like, when we're riding with this guy and then we're going to switch to this guy and then it's, like, a whole different, like, mindset. And everything else I hear
0: you but they're professionals they should literally be like hey I'm getting my paycheck I'm, I'm, I'm making what I'm making let me sacrifice for the team um Bill Belichick does it he's doing it right now with Cam Newton and ain't nothing gonna be said about it period <clears throat> because in New England they understand that um it's about the team it's about winning the football games and so I think with the Bears got to just, you know, kind of adopt that mindset that it's about winning football games. And that's what's more important. That rules over everything. And it should. Um, that's been the Bears problem for years. Always asking questions, blah, blah, blah. What if, what ifs, forget all that, play the game. Um, if Trubisky, I think what he does oftentimes at certain points of the game, he presents a different matchup. I say, man. You know, you got to get to the mindset, uh, Matt Nagy, to play both of these quarterbacks. You got to start getting uh, Trubisky on the field and start making him your Lamar Jackson. Real talk. You got to start doing stuff like, you know, some wildcat or some type of what? draw options or things what? of that nature. Get him on the field because he presents so, an additional threat.
1: So basically, use Trubisky like the Saints use ty-
0: um, Hill. tasting Hill, you got Taste it. Hill. Gotcha. Use him like, you know, Taysom Hill. Find ways to get him on the field. Do some trick plays. You're supposed to be this offensive guru, Matt Nagy. You've been calling plays for us, Matt Nagy, for the last three years. Um, and, and people are still raving about you and your offensive innovation. So find ways to innovate, Mick Trubisky until this team and until the game um, to um, add a different dynamic to the team. Boom. All right, you do that, we will win more games. We will be more dangerous. We will be more credible as a threat. Um, and, and, and we won't just be one-dimensional. Uh, we need to find different ways to do different things because Montgomery ain't the answer. I don't like him as running back, and I never liked him. I don't know why they ever got rid of Justin Howard for him. Um, he doesn't even He doesn't do nothing on the field for me. I'm sorry. So you got to find ways to run the ball differently um other than this Montgomery kid we miss Tariq Cohen so much um we really do and so you know um yeah we just putting that out there here on the podcast there's different ways you can win a game and your running option your best option is you got to get Trubisky on that field period all right so with that being said man we are talking about football so let's now bro let's get into our week eight picks uh you ready to get into them Hey, let's go. All right, let's do it. So pull that up. All right. And get up out of this and go back in there. All right. Got the week eight picked up. All right. So all right, Jamar. So we got a good slate of games tomorrow, Um, starting with a good rivalry. Uh, between the Vikings and Packers. Um, it's a rivalry game. Um, it's a rivalry game. I'm going to leave it at that. But <laughs> I'm going to start off with you. Um, Vikings and Packers, who you got?
1: Man, my, my biased heart says Vikings better go get it done. But no. Nah. Um, well, if the Vikings defense ever come together, I would say them. But I have to be the Packers, even without Aaron Jones. I feel like Devontae Adams is going to have another big game.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, the the Packers, they seem to own the NFC North. Um, the, the toughest thing they have a hard time with, really, whether people know it or not, is the Lions. Um, <laughs> the Lions give the Packers a real run for their money um, every time they play them. Um, but tomorrow, so last week I, I picked an upset i like this in an upset tomorrow. Um, yes, i like the Minnesota Vikings to go in and go in and shock the Vikings. I mean, go in and shock the Packers. And the reason why I like them is because the Vikings are not as bad as people think they are. We got to really stop disrespecting this team and act like they wasn't a playoff team for the last four, five years. Um, um, this team is a good team. I know that defense stinks, but I just like um, Kirk Cousins to come out with some magic tomorrow. He, he realized this is a big game, and I think he'll get up for this game. I really do, against Aaron Rodgers, against Green Bay, realizing that he believes that they're still a good football team. So I like the Vikings in a, a epic upset tomorrow. Um, yeah. All yeah, right.
1: I would hope so with his contract situation.
0: <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> All right. Titans and Bengals. Who you got uh, between the Titans and Bengals?
1: Um, I'm taking the scariest offensive player in the NFL today.
0: Gotcha. I'm going to agree with you. I like the Titans. Um, Bengals are at home, but I like the Titans to be the Titans. Um, Jets and Chiefs, um, how long will you take to uh, answer this question? Uh, J-E, no, I'm playing. uh, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Um, There's uh, no reason for me to believe that the Chiefs will lose this game. Um, and I'm very interested however um, and I'm pretty Grand. sure yeah and I'm uh, you know but I'm very interested like most people are and I'm sure you and Deshaun are with the fantasy yes. um, I'm interested to see how on Bale comes um, I, um, I'm pretty sure some people got him um, you know as a fantasy pick tomorrow and Edward's uh, Cla- 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 because um, this is the Jets and you are at home yeah. so yeah um, this could be a great game to rack up some points. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Well, yes. looking forward to it.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. Colts and lions. Um, I'll start this one off. I yep. like the Colts. Um, and it's not because we went to Purdue, but it's because the Colts have a great defense. I think defense travels well. Um, you know, Detroit's once again, they find ways to lose games. But, I mean, Detroit, man, they're not as bad as a football team as people think. Um, this will be a really good win for them, Jamar, if they were to win tomorrow. This would be a really good win, and they are at home. Um, right. But there's no crowds, really. So I don't know if that helps much. So, um, yeah, but I got to go with the Colts, man. I think defense travels well. Yeah. So I'm going uh,
1: to actually pick the upset here, take okay. the Lions. Um Hmm. I think the Lions' defense is, may actually get out to Phillip Rivers. Um, I call certain quarterbacks, that's, that's normally uh, uh, pocket passers, I, I call them happy feet, to where if the defenders right. get them out, get them moving, they'd be like the little penguins from that movie start dancing around <laughs> and they're not themselves. And Phillip exactly. Rivers still up there with turnovers. I think the Lions feel like, you know, they got some confidence off of how they won last week. Cause that, dude, that's a big blow for the Falcons to lose like that. That's demoralizing, even though they came man. back and won, but still, that's a big motivator
0: for the Lions. Um, I'm, I'm taking Detroit
1: and upset here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Falcons, man, three heartbreakers. Just, they just find ways to lose. They could easily be on their way to being a, a wild card team if they learn how to win games. So sad. Um, Stillers and Ravens, man. Whew. Um this 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 is some people got this as the best rivalry in the NFL or the, the greatest rivalry. I don't know if it's the greatest. I think the greatest is the Bears and Packers. But as right. of today, um yeah. Stillers and Ravens are the most entertaining. These are hard nosed football games. They don't like each other. It's a hard hidden game. Um guys are usually sore, for sure. Um, so whoever play these teams next week will be happy because they're going to literally be bruising each other come tomorrow. Um, Steelers and Ravens, man. Um, Deshaun, I know you're a Steelers fan, uh, but I have to take the Ravens at home. Um, I think, you know, Lamar Jackson will have a big game tomorrow. He will run, go crazy tomorrow. He realized this is a big game. He realizes that the Steelers are coming in and they're trying to get this first round back. They are coming in focused. They are not playing any games. Um, they are hungry for a championship again in Pittsburgh. Um, they starting to smell it, especially as they continue to win. Um, they are a really good football team. the Stillers. But I, I, I've been saying to people, I think this Ravens team will come around later on in the year and it will be dangerous come January, very dangerous. And so um, I like the Ravens at home to send a statement of what's to come in January.
1: Gotcha. Um, I am taking the Stillers and the, re- and the reason why. Um, this is the first time that Lamar Jackson is going to see a Ben Roethlisberger-led Stillers team. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel like the Stillers definitely has, like, a chip on their shoulder as far as this match is concerned. They know that the Ravens owned the division last year. Big Ben mm-hmm. and company, Mike Tomlin's coming. Uh, this is definitely a statement game, honestly, for either team that wins because that's just you know, going to let them know where the bar is at and where the next team got to do to reach the next bar. So, right, right. So defense travels. This is going to be a hard-nosed game, like you said. I got the Stellars in, in a field goal. It, it's it's.
0: I feel like it's going to come down to three points or less. That's how I feel. You may feel the same way. Well, yeah, man. Uh, Darren Bowden, um, he's batting on the Stellars. I'm sure Deshaun's batting on the Stellars. So um, you got to – definitely a good amount of folks out there that's batting on the Stellars um but I think y'all will uh begin to be awakened by the Ravens tomorrow (laughs) mark my word so all right the Rams and the Dolphins this is a good football game Jamar it is this is a good this is a good football game um a lot of people are sleeping on this Dolphins team they are really sleeping for real um and so um the Rams however You know, they got Super Bowl aspirations after the Dodgers and uh, Lakers. Um, But I like the Dolphins tomorrow at home. Um, This is Tua Tagovoloa's first NFL start. You know what? No, no. That just answered my question. (laughs) That just answered my question. Because I had to think about Aaron Donald and how hungry he's going to be to come after this midget of Tua Tagovoloa. Um, who has an arm. He has a phenomenal arm, but he has Aaron Donald Ooh. on the other side and Dante Fowler and a bunch of other dogs that's going to be coming hungry for him. He has Jalen Ramsey, who is going to be in can Monday, day, waiting on that ball to be thrown the wrong way. Um, the Dolphins are a good football team, and they're not as bad as people think. Dolphins could pull us off, but I think the Rams and their veteran tendencies, um, their greatness on the defensive end with Aaron Donalds of the world and Jalen Ramsey's, those two guys can impact an entire game. As you know, Jamar, Um, I got to take the Rams.
1: Yeah. I'm siding with you. If, if this was a Ryan Fitzpatrick led Dolphins team, I I might've took the Dolphins, but this is to his first game against mm-hmm. Aaron Donald. I was telling my coworker yesterday, man, I hope uh, Aaron Donald don't break his hips again. Because,
0: like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a lot of weight that's going to be – because he's going to get him tomorrow. He's going to get him. Yeah, it's it's inevitable. Man. Yeah, He's going to get him. Yeah,
1: I, I, it's like I have to go with the Rams by default on this one. But I, but this game, I feel like it still could be competitive here. I, I really do because Tua is mm-hmm. that
0: special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah i got one. and matt floyd is, is a great coach man he's that special as a coach too and so yeah um that'll be a good one uh patriots and bills um i'm gonna hit us off with this one um i actually like the patriots to bounce back at home i noticed you've been um you've been claiming bills mafia um but this team for somehow some way they're becoming like I don't know, bro. They they just, they've been losing. And they're on the losing streak right now. And, you know, I know they play some tough teams, but, um, you know, with obviously the, you know, the Chiefs and the Titans, they play some tough teams. And this could be a very good bounce back win for them. Um, but I like the Patriots to somehow, some way, I just don't want to give up on the Patriots. Boy, but then again, it would just make total sense to why any football savant will just not fall for the Okie dokey go with the Bills. So uh go ahead, give me your pick. I don't know who you're going with. It. Like,
1: honestly, I was into the 11th hour just now. I was siding with you with the Patriots. Uh, I, I wanted to pick the Patriots, then I remember like Cam has nobody to throw the ball to. There's no Nikhil Harry. He doesn't. Julian Edelman's out. Yep. Yeah. Like, like, who do you have? Like
0: setting my guy up for failure again. Even Gilmer's uh talking about getting traded. You know what? I'm gonna change my pick. Everything's pointing towards the Bills. It is. And I was ready to pick the Patriots
1: just because I'm like, I know Bill Belichick's gonna come out here and do it, but it's like you can only do so much coaching and scheming. You players gotta actually go out there and play. Guys gotta actually catch the ball.
0: True. I think maybe Jamar, we're starting to see the beginning of the end of this great rhyme of the Patriots. Maybe it's really unfolding before our eyes. Hey, bro, like you
1: you gotta like Bill, like like Bill's been the GM. He's like he he knows how to get like trouble guys to come in and be productive or whatnot. And he always had like an ace up his sleeve. But where's your ace right now? I, I need to see your ace, your ace is spade right now. Otherwise, right. You gonna finish as a third? Is the third best team in the division? Yep, that's what's gonna happen. Um, so with that being said, Bills Mafia.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Jamar knows the stuff, world. Yeah, I, 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 I gotta go with you now that I think about it. I, I gotta go with the Bills. I wanted mafia. to pick Cam, but it's like, ooh, yeah. Like, What yeah. are we doing? Right? There's, there's no. Yeah. All right, another good one, man. Another good one. Um, ooh. And Darren Bowden, great point. Great point. You hear what this brother just said, man? I just saw. He said Tom saw it as well and got out. Mm. That's true. Maybe he saw something that the world didn't see, and that's why he got out. I mean, he experienced some of it last year. Like, he had nobody
1: to throw to. They couldn't get open. Nobody could get Mm -hmm. open.
0: And they weren't going to do anything about it. So, yeah, he he did the right thing. Man, that's facts. That's real. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. Um, Yeah, really good point. Uh, Raiders and Browns, I think this is another good football game. AFC yes. North, man, they got three juggernauts, I feel. And I said I've been saying it for the longest that I like the Browns. Um, I like the Browns, but the Raiders are a good football team. So um, and they Ooh. they found a way to squeak out that game last week. Um Raiders or Browns. Uh, who you got, Jamar?
1: Man. Like for, for one, I want to say I feel bad for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. That man towards ACL last week. Baker was balling ever since the injury. I don't know if that's coincidence or not. Um, you know what? I'm going to take the Browns. Reason being, Browns is the number one team in rushing. The Raiders has, I think, a top three worst rush defense in the league. If the Browns can actually control the clock and, you know, keep Baker Mayfield from making mistakes here, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt can have a, a, a welcome back day as in maybe a monster, real monster game. He has potential for that. I'm, I'm taking the Browns to control the clock and beat Gruden here, but this is going to be a good game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the Browns at home as well. I've been saying I like this team. I like them for uh, the reason of controlling the clock. Although you don't have OBJ, you still got Jarvis Landry. And that's what, you know, that's the great thing about this team is that they have a lot of star power. So if one star goes down, they got others they can rely on. And so um, I think, you know, Jarvis Landry will have a big game tomorrow. Um, You know, even though he'll be obviously double teamed. Um, And I think he'll just find a way to be great, if that makes sense. Um, Because he is a great receiver. And so um, I like the Browns at home um, to send a message to the league tomorrow that they are a good football team.
1: And you know who else I think will have a great game? Uh, Miles Garrett.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miles Garrett come, yeah, looking hungry. I got you. Yep. Um, Chargers and Broncos. John here, go first. Uh, For me, man, I'm going to go with um, the Broncos at home. Um, and that's an upset because the charges are playing really good football work. They have been, um, playing really good under this kid, uh, Justin Herbert, and he looks like, um, a seasonal vet right now charges y'all, they can mess around and be challenging some people for a wild card. This sounds crazy. I know, but they have been a pretty good football team. Um, but I like the Broncos. You know what? No, I'm gonna go with the charges. I'm making all the reasons. To, and I've been doing a lot of little switching picks this morning, but I gotta go with the Chargers, man. I like how they plan playing right now. I really do, Jamar. I like how they playing. And so um if I had to pick a team, I'll actually uh pick the um Chargers to uh continue to play their football because they've been playing good football lately.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm siding all the way with you. I'm a believer in Justin Herbert. Um and it's crazy. Uh I saw uh, uh I saw a posting, it was either yesterday or Thursday, to where they said Tua would be the Phillip Rivers of this class compared to Justin Herbert, and I can't remember the other rookie quarterback that's starting right now that's actually pretty decent. I, I, I guess basically calling them Big Ben and Eli Manning, as in they would be Super Bowl champions, and Tua like actually put up some you know really good Hall of Fame numbers. Basically all three of them would be Hall of Famers. Um, mm. but I mean, it may be, but either way, but Justin, I, I'm up. He, he's the real deal. He rejuvenated this whole offense It's giving him life. Broncos going to get ran on. Broncos can't stop this man or this offense. Uh Chargers looks really good. I'm picking them.
0: Yeah, I got you, man. Um, all right. We side with that one. Uh, the saints and the bears. Uh, I will start this one off as well. Um, I actually like the saints. Um, You know, I'm a bears fan. I really am. Um, And, you know, sorry, bear down, but. um, You know, Michael Thomas being out. I think the saints are used to that by now. Um, They are a little banged up with their receivers. Um, Emmanuel Sanders um, is out as well, but that just goes to show you how bad the bears offense is um they could very well lose this game to the saints even with all these banged up players that are not playing for the bears jamar that is that that they can literally still lose this game and so um i just you know the bears can either go and they can send a big message tomorrow jamar and beat the hell out the saints or if the saints keep the game close y'all they will beat the bears so I think what will happen is that the Bears um, somehow someone will find a way to lose this game. Sadly enough, I like the Saints uh, to come in and beat the Bears. Um,
1: I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick our team in good faith for um, for two reasons, and it's basically one and the same. If Michael Thomas was playing, I would have uh, wholeheartedly picked the Saints because that just unlocks their offense all the way around. Facts. Right. Um. So, in order for the Saints to win, it has got to be through Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, because that is the the weakness of our defense right now. We are middle or below average against the run and running backs. Our pass defense is is sensational. So, I don't expect Drew Brees to beat us. It has to be it has to be Kamara primarily, and I'm I'm picking them in good faith because I feel like the Bears will answer the call here and actually get that done. And as you know, struggling and as you know, unconfident as that sounds from evidence that we saw. Um, I feel like us at home against the Saints makes a big difference as well. If we was in the um, uh, what's that superdome? No, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't trust it. And the Saints defense is not as good as it has been in the last couple of years either. They can definitely be scored on. And the Bears actually have like this year, like they in close games, they found ways to win. So the game is close. I mean, hey, I, I take our chances. Um, but yeah, if the Bears win, it's a close game and build in good faith, man. In good if faith. Not, is, this is basically our benchmark game right here.
0: It is. It's a very big game. Um, it's the halfway mark of the season. What you gonna do, Bears? What you gonna do? Pressure zone. Please. Sure. Um, yep, Niners and Seahawks, another Woo. great rivalry. Um, and this is, uh, this is great to talk about before we get to the miserable NFC East. But <laughs> the Niners and Seahawks. Um, start us off, man. Who you got with this one? Um, I'm taking the Seahawks.
1: I'm taking the Seahawks. No disrespect to the Niners. But I'm taking the, the better quarterback, and I'm taking the better offense in this matchup. I know the Seahawks can't stop nobody with a nosebleed. And I get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm a firm believer in Russell Wilson right now. Um, he is definitely on his, uh, in his MVP bag and trying to, you know, trying to stay in the hunt with that. Uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf is probably the best uh, wide receiver tandem in the league. There's no, there's no Sherman. Of course, there's no Solomon or Bosa on defense. So 49ers defense is still exposed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 49ers running backs are banged up just like Seahawks but I feel like I feel like it's going to be uh, they cancel each other out because both of them both running backs in their systems produce that's just what it is and feel like the 49ers have like 20 of them just on deck that just come in and do their job and I feel like the mm-hmm. Seahawks is the same way and I, and like I said I'm taking a better quarterback Seahawks at home I'm taking Seattle uh,
0: yeah I like the Seahawks for multiple reasons here um, the Seahawks are pissed off that they didn't get that first round by last year um, at the goal line. Um, Man. Why, didn't they give, why didn't they give Marshawn Lynch the ball again? Why, why, why? Um, but they obviously got a penalty. Um, the another big question here is I just asked myself at this point, yeah. who is the better quarterback between Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo? For me, it's Russell Wilson. Um, who's at home? I like these teams to split this season, and I like the teams to win at home. Um, And so I like the Seahawks at home um, in this game. Um, Niners always play them tough, but I like uh, the Seahawks to work some home Seattle magic that they always tend to work in that stadium. And so um, I like um, Tyler Lockett to have a big day. That brother's been playing like an all-pro, man. He's been balling out. Um, Seahawks, they literally choked this game against the Cardinals. Um, they had multiple chances to win that game last week. <laughs> and so, um, you know, they they blew that one. But I think they're a little ticked off that they blew that game. Heck yeah. I think they want to lose two in a row, especially in the division. They're going to come out hungry to play tomorrow. Hungry. I, I, I tell you what,
1: if, if, if that team has the same heart as DK Metcalf chasing down Buddy to save that touchdown, his team is right. definitely gonna blow them out. Mm-hmm.
0: And so yeah, man, um the Niners are a good football team, man. They are a really good football team. Darren Bowden got the Niners. Um, and then a really good point, man. Um, he stated between the Saints and the Bears, Jamar, that the uh coaching between Sean Payton and Matt Nagy, which I mean they're on different stratospheres, obviously. Um I
1: mean that's I guess, a really good point. I mean but I guess my counter to that is, I mean, we could have said the same thing about against Tampa Bay. That's basically the same situation. Tampa didn't really have his weapons. Tampa has better coaching. Uh, I know Tom Brady screwed up and Matt Nagy basically handed them the game, but
0: you never know. You never know. Right. And so, yeah, um, now it looks like Darren's changing his pick to the Seahawks. Sounds like a smart man, Darren. Um, yeah. Uh, I got to go with the Seahawks at home, and I think um, – They're just a great team, man, and and they find ways to win those games at home, especially with Russell Wilson. Uh, He'll break out of that pocket, get a few scrambles, get a few big plays, you know, demoralize those teams and those defenses, which he has done since he's been in the NFL. All right, Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, Jamar, somebody got to win this game.
1: Yes. I think I can actually pick this game with some confidence this time, just based on – Yes. I, I you think can, like, a,
0: the NFC East I, game with confidence.
1: I, bro, I think so. I think I think this wow. one in particular, just, just based on the circumstances. 2020, I, I,
0: huh?
1: I think. All right. So <laughs> okay. bear with me with this one. All right. So I'm picking the the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles. Okay. Um Dallas is down to that third string quarterback. Uh, I forgot his last name. He sounded like
0: some De Italian
1: Dinucci. Like some
0: Dinucci. It's yeah, Denucci, Ben Dinucci. I, I think I ordered Olive at at t- Garden. I'm telling you, sounds like some Italian bread or something, man. Or it sounds I, like I, something that you just get in. I kid you not. We go to
1: Carabas or Olive Garden or anything Italian. I'm pretty sure you see that last name on the menu somewhere. I'm not even. Playing. I'm telling you, man. Dinucci. Ben Dinucci. Man, so little Ben. We are gonna call him little Ben. He ain't big Ben. A little bandanucci. Uh we are so mean, man. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. I mean, when you play in the NFC least, then that's what you come down to. This is what we are. Um, NFC Least. That should be the title of the YouTube video. (laughs) I'll make it. I'll definitely do it afterwards. I got you. NFC Least. All right, so yeah, third-string quarterback. They wouldn't get anything done with Andy Dalton to begin with, because like they basically, <laughs> I saw this meme. They said Dallas flew all the way to DC just to kick a field goal. That's what happened. They flew all the way to DC <laughs> to kick a field goal. <laughs> That's it. Yeah,
0: whooped against the Washington football team.
1: <laughs> the football team, the no-name team, beat you. All right, oh, so man. so yeah, the and the Cowboys like. I don't think Mike McCarthy is gonna make it through the end of the season. I really
0: don't. I'm with like you, bro. He,
1: and then and, and he got a coordinator that hasn't coordinated a football team since 2014 and was basically the uh, the worst in the league at the time too. And mm-hmm. we've seen it, uh, you know, tenfold. And players saying that the coaches don't know what they're doing and everything else. Like I, I don't see how Dallas even gets a win at all. And I didn't even mention anything about the Eagles. Like this is just bad, Dallas. Like mm-hmm. as far as the Eagles, um, um, I, I know they're banged up as well, but their playmakers—they—they they still have playmakers that's coming in off the street that's making plays right now for them on offense. And Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, I mean, he's somehow, some way, he's getting it done. Every time I'm getting ready to like send out a Facebook message or a tweet that's saying when we're gonna put Jalen Hurts in the game, Carson Wentz does something. Okay, I I I delete it. Right, but, right.
0: But yeah, Eagles with confidence this time. All right, you know, um, and world do not laugh, but um, I got to side with you, man, for various reasons. The first person I ask is who is better, Ben DiNucci <laughs> or Carson Wentz? So, Ben DiNucci uh, is a rookie, world. He's fresh out of college, uh, hasn't, you know, got any big game experience. Plus, his last name is DiNucci. Um, the Cowboys are just an abysmal mess. You got an owner, Jerry Jones, who wants to micromanage the team, go crazy, be all over the place. Um, You know, you got basically uh, offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators getting Tabisco hot sauce caught in their eyes um, during press (laughs) conferences, and they're literally crying the whole press conference and trying their best to get the hotness out of their eyes. You got a third-string quarterback in Bandanucci. You got a running back who's supposed to be a leader of your team who obviously, Jamar, he should not be a fantasy pick, has forgotten to play football in 2020. Um, can't block nobody, can't run the ball, can't break out, can't do anything on the field other than just stand there. Um, you got basically a whole situation of a team just not believing in Mike McCarthy. I don't think they believe in this guy. Um And so all the things just point towards the Cowboys in this game. Plus the Cowboys are just the Cowboys. And so with that being said, like, and I just got to laugh, because the Cowboys are just the Cowboys. Um, I got to go with the Eagles in this game, plus they're at home. So fly, Eagles, fly. If you ever had a game to fly high tomorrow, it will be tomorrow. And so I highly advise you to take advantage of this beaten down, worn down Cowboys team that is not motivated. They don't want to play football right now. And so um, with that being said, various reasons just points to the Cowboys to lose this game in a, a very, very bad fashion. So yeah. um, I gotta go with the Eagles.
1: Now nah, I will say this, if we come in here next Saturday and the Eagles somehow lose this game, I, I'm mm-hmm. going on a rant on everybody in that whole division, even the Giants and and, and uh, <laughs> football team that had nothing to do with this matchup. They all
0: they all catch it. They all getting it just because they're in the NFC league facts. Just because. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. All right, man. Um enough of the NFC least. Um, let's now focus on the Bucks and the Giants. And so um I'll let you have the last word, Jamal. I'm gonna go with the Bucks in this one because I just don't believe they have some some cereal Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Period. I I hear you, man. The Bucks definitely um are just a better football team. Right. Like, so
1: why, why is the Giants even in a Monday night game?
0: Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess um, maybe they just want to see Tom Brady and those guys, I guess. And so that's, that's you know. So, yeah, I think we all agree. Darren agrees with the Bucs as well. Um, yeah. See no reason to pick the Giants here. If, uh, yeah. All right. And so with that being said, um, that concludes our NFL picks um, that concludes our conversation for the early morning sports talk podcast and so Jamar just uh, any final thoughts man or shout outs before we uh, conclude for this special episode uh, Halloween episode of the early morning sports talk podcast
1: all right so so definitely want to say, uh, you know, sh- shout out to you, Brandon, for for today's segment with the scary stuff. And shout out to Coach Mark for the video. Th- this was fun. I enjoyed myself today. Uh, good, man. Shout out to Darren for-, for with the comments, man. I'm loving it. Um, now, this is definitely one of my favorite uh, podcasts that we've done so far. Um, you know. And, and definitely shout out to you. And I gave you a shout out last week for early voting. I'm like, hey, I need to go get this done early because I don't want to wake up crack of dawn and be staying in line and can't make it to work and yada, 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 yada on Tuesday. So I, I went hey. and got it done. So definitely go vote, go vote. Just voice your opinion. And I heard, I actually heard that the early vote right now is probably a little bit more than 60% of the total vote from, from four years ago. So people are voting. It is ridiculous right now.
0: Yes, sir. Um, I think we're over 80-some million votes right now. Um, That's insane. The early voting. Yeah. So a lot of folks are getting out there for real. That's insane. So,
1: so yeah, man, uh, you know, continue to be safe, put on the mask. Uh, If you're uh, locked down in uh, Chicago because of all this and all the bars and restaurants and all that stuff, just, I don't know, just, just be safe. Just weather the storm. Um,
0: Just, you know, uh, hopefully they get this under control sooner than later. Right. And additionally, man, um, you, you raised a great point of, you know, getting out and voting. Um, by this time next week, we can know who our, we will possibly know who our next president will be of the United States. And so, um, Republicans, y'all, we just want to give y'all a piece of advice. They will come out and vote on voting day. Um, and so, um, make sure y'all get out and make y'all voices be heard as well um it's what makes our country gay we don't have to agree politically it just doesn't mean you're a bad person it doesn't mean you know that we're no less than a we'll the bam. but um get out there and make your voice heard um additionally with halloween um y'all be careful um there's still a virus out there um be careful with going to houses um boogeymans all that stuff protect your kids um and just be safe with this Halloween uh, thing that's going on today. Um, be smart, uh, be cautious. Um, and now you're always cautious on Halloween, but now you gotta be additionally cautious because of the virus. Um, wear your mask, um, sanitize, wear long sleeves if you can, things of that nature, um, and, and just be smart and so um, Other than that, man, everybody have a blessed and productive weekend, a fun weekend, a safe weekend. We appreciate everybody for tuning in and y'all all have a blessed day. And thank you all for tuning in to the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. Peace out.